Streets of San Francisco, a Quinn Martin production, starring Carl Malden. Also starring... Jamie! I got one thing! Jamie! Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody. Uh, that's right. Uh, that's who I am here. Welcome to this episode. Episode number 1,318. It is a Way Back Wednesday episode, July 26th, if you're listening, the day it is uploaded. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. 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 <laughs> Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That is so true. And the hero of this story and every single one is Kimmy. That's the thing I like. She is strange. You can find out just how strange she is at an upcoming event the Riley and Kimmy Show will be at. And you can find out where the Riley and Kimmy Show will be at, pop culture event-wise, by going right to our website. We have an event page set up just for that. It has uh, 2017. It is not set in concrete, meaning there might be things that get added. So be sure to you know check back to it. And if you'd like to add to it, too, if you have a pop culture event you would like the Riley and Kimmy Show to be at and also promote... Well, you can contact us right there. Or if you happen to have an animal event, pet event, we have a show designed specifically for animals, and it's called Animal Special. And we would love to uh, promote those events as well. And you can do that, you know, contact us, and, and that way we can uh, maybe set something up. And where is our, our event page, Kimmy? What, what's the web address? RileyandKimmy.com. Riley and Kimmy. Com. That's right. RileyandKimmy.com is the place to go to. And by the way, being a Wednesday, I want to point out something, places for you to go to. Kimmy, what is a Wednesday in the world of nerdum? New Comic Book Day. That's correct. It is New Comic Book Day. And the Riley and Kimmy Show recommends, if you happen to be in Florida, Central Florida area, a couple of locations, good friends to the Riley and Kimmy Show, one of them being Highlander Novelties. They are in Ocoee, Florida. Check them out. They can help you out with your comic book needs. And being a new comic book day means new product is in the store. Brand new stuff. It could be anything, right, Kimmy? Statues, mm-hmm. toys. It could be just anything nerd-related that is comic book-related, too. That's right. And also, the good friends at Highlander Novelties can order new stuff, check out the previews catalog, and see what you want them to find for you down the road because previews is, well, it's a preview of things that are coming out into stores down the road. And another story we like to highlight, that is Famous Faces and Funnies in Melbourne, Florida. Good friends to the Riley and Kimmy Show. Check them out. They'll be able to help you with your comic book needs. Uh, Their store is just massive, about 1,100 square feet full of nerd heaven. That'd be the best way to put it, right? Mm -hmm. Say hi to Rick Shea, the owner, and the staff. They are very friendly and very good friends to us. And you can find out more about them right on their Facebook page. Those two locations are just some we're highlighting here. There are so many good stores in Central Florida alone. That's there just are. The, yeah. Yes. Not, um, we're not showing disrespect to all our other friends too. We got friends uh, at other stores as well. That's just two we're highlighting. You can find a comic book store near you. We have a comic book shop locator. It's available right on our website right now. It uh, works about a mile out zip code wise all the way out to about 50 miles. So you should be able to find a place that you could visit today, maybe for the very first time. Help keep comic book stores alive. Give them a visit. If you love those uh, those superhero TV shows on Netflix and the other networks and you love the movies, find out where all this stuff came from. Visit your local comic book shop. And 
What is our web address, Kimmy, to find that comic book shop locator? RileyandKimmy.com Riley and Kimmy Show The Riley and Kimmy Show That is the big question on Way Back Wednesday. Is Kimmy uh, alert enough because we're recording this show before sunrise? Is she alert enough to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Hmm, yeah, let's try it. All right, Kimmy uh, has a chance to possibly win something later in the week if she does well in this episode. Kimmy is playing for an opportunity to win a collectible, an autograph maybe, or a celebrity uh, photo op at the Tampa Bay Comic Con, which is happening this weekend. The Riley and Kimmy Show will be part of, and if you happen to be going to the Tampa Bay Comic Con, be sure to say hello to us and follow us along. We'll be uh, posting things on Facebook and other social media like Instagram and Twitter, and you can find uh, links to our social media sites right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Right now, you can help out Kimmy get answers right so she has a chance to possibly get that prize. She has to get more of these right than wrong. For the next few days, if she does, well, then she will get that uh, collectible we're talking about, or whatever her choice is, autograph or photo op. Y'all answers out to whatever you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on. It could be a laptop, desktop, tablet, smartphone, smartwatch, or maybe even some uh, eyeglasses are really smart, too. Or, you know, a robot or maybe the car. Who knows how far in the future you happen to be. Yell those answers out. We believe you can do that. You can talk to us. We are in your past, and you are in our future, but you can communicate with Kimmy just by yelling, and then a time vortex opens up, and wow, that that portal you know, shoots out an answer right to Kimmy. Here we go. It is a way back Wednesday, July 26, as we go to the very first question or two or things. I don't think we're going to ask her a question about this one, although I'm going to give her an extra. Yeah, we'll do it, but we'll give her an extra clue. Uh, we'll make this easy as uh, you know, so she has a chance to get that collectible or whatever from Tampa Bay Comic Con. The year 1775, a postal system was established by the Second Continental Congress of the United States. The first postmaster general, Kimmy is, well, who was it? I will give you a couple of clues. There's a stove named after him, also some eyeglasses he created, and he liked to play with kites and lightning. Who is he? Ben Franklin. <laughs> okay. See, we started out kind of easy there for you. Moving to something else. 1788, New York became the 11th state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. It was on the state in 1948. This celebrity, this baseball player, was seen by the public for the last time. He was seen for the last time when he attended the New York City premiere of the motion picture about him. Here is your audio clue, Kimmy. Tell me who it is. Who is the person who was seen for the last time by the public on this date? Hey, sister, you a baseball writer, too? Sure, you want to make something of it? Do they let you in the Yankee dressing room? No, and I don't let the Yankees in mine, either. It's the fabulous story of a fabulous guy. His boyhood adventures as a kid from the wrong side of the tracks. These might come in handy. I'll take this. It's a long walk to St. Mary's. By the way, George, you better take that cigarette out of your pocket. The drama of a great-hearted guy who lived life to the full and loved kids most of all. Hiya, fella. You got a breakfast for me and my dog? Why, sure. Johnny... You listen to that World Series game in Chicago over the radio this afternoon. Will you do that for me? I 
and I'll sock a home run into the center field bleachers for you. Strike two! Okay, Kimmy, now that was not him playing the role of himself in the film. William Bendix, who would be known for Life of Riley, the Life of Riley on television and other films, does play the role of this person. Who is the individual that we're talking about who, well, last time he's seen in the public was on this date in 1948? Babe Ruth? You got it correct. And the movie was the Babe Ruth story. Have you ever seen that biography? I don't think so. It's. I'm sure there's someone who will tear it apart because of just certain things. Yes, it is a sentimental piece, but I, I always found it quite fun to look at because I like William Bendix. I think he was a fantastic actor. He could play comedy very well, but he could also play serious roles and be very powerful. Staying in the world of baseball, it was on this date in 1952. Mickey Mantle hits his first grand slammer, and then a few years later... He hits his 200th home run. How many years within one did it take him to go from number one grand slammer to hitting 200th home run? Mm, Ten? It took five years. It was 1957 for Mickey Mantle. The year is 1963. This song is released. Identify the recording artist. The song is called Mickey's Monkey. Mickey's Monkey, the year is 1963. It is released by whom? Smokey Robinson and the Miracles? That's exactly right. I'm beautiful voice. I mean, uh, I'm I'm sure you probably don't know the song Mickey's Monkey, but his voice stands out, right? Mm, Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. It was on this date, 1968. This writing duo completes the song Hey Jude. Who completes it? They finish writing it. Lennon and McCartney? That's correct. The year is 1968. The year 1969, Elvis opens his first live engagement in how many years, Kimmy? Within two, how many years had it been since he performed live? Three years? Almost eight years. Ooh. 1969. The year is 1971, Apollo 15 was launched from, well, really close where the Riley and Kimmy show uh, originates from, from Cape Kennedy, Florida. The year is 1978, Johnny Bench hits his 300th career home run. The year is 1979. This group releases their first United States single. It is a remake of the Bobby Fuller 4 hit, I Fought the Law. See if you can identify who this punk rock group is that would have top 40 hits in the 80s. Breaking rocks in a hot tonic. I fought the law in a low one. I fought the law in a low one. I needed money, God. I had none. I fought the law in a low one. 
I wish this was a video episode. Kimmy looks perplexed. She cannot identify. I have a feeling the name of that band. Can you? Mm -mm. Here's your extra clue. They did a couple of hits. They had Rock the Casbah and Should I Stay or Should I Go? The Clash. That's right. Clash. 1979 recorded I Fought the Law. Bobby Fuller 4 hit originally. The year is 1984. Prince's movie premieres in Hollywood. Kimmy, what is the name of the movie in 1984? Purple Rain. Correct. Years 1987, Catfish Hunter, Billy Williams, and Ray Dandridge are inducted into a certain thing for a certain sport. What are they part of? What sport? Baseball. That's right. They are inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Notable marriages happened on this date, Kimmy. The year is 1997. This movie director, James Cameron, at the age of 42, marries this actress who is 40. It is his first marriage to an actress. He would marry somebody else later on. Who did he marry on this date in 1997? Linda Hamilton. That's correct. Now, how long did they remain married? Were they married for two years, ten years, 15 years or 20 years? Two years? <laughs> you got it exactly right. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history is 1999. 1,500 pieces of Marilyn Monroe's personal items went on display at Christie's. This happened in New York. The items went on sale later in 1999. <music> Celebrity and notable birthdays. Identify who this is, Kimmy. She was born on this date. The question is, what year they don't know for sure what year she was born in, and there's a reason. We'll get to that. But we do know she passed away in 1964. She's an American comedian who became famous, matter of fact, around the world as a zany partner and comic foil to George Burns, her straight man. Who is she? Gracie Allen. That's correct. Now, the reason her birthday is unknown, depending on sources, she is either born July 26 in 1895 1896, 1902, or 1906. Reason being, all public records held by the city and county of San Francisco where she was born were destroyed in an earthquake of the Great Fire of April 1906. They don't know how old she is. Matter of fact, George Burns had no idea when she passed exactly how old she was. So wow. they, they chose a date and put it on her tombstone. Next individual, born in the state, 1909, died 1979 at the age of 70. See if you can identify who she is. An American television and theater actress and singer, but you don't know her for the singing part. She's best known for her role as Ethel Mertz, sidekick to Lucy. And she also played a sidekick again to Lucy on The Lucy Show as Vivian Bagley. Can you identify who she is? Vivian Vance. That's correct. And, you know, according to some sources, she didn't really care for Lucy. But mm -hmm. they just worked. And she didn't like the fact that Lucy made her look dumpy on mm -hmm. uh, I Love Lucy. And she didn't like who her partner was. Mm. She didn't like the guy that played uh, Fred. She thought it was insulting to have somebody that much older than her. She she was, she was just did not care for him. The original person who was supposed to play her husband was Gail Gordon, who would later on play Mr. Mooney. Hmm. But he became tied down with Our Miss Brooks, the TV show, and he couldn't do it. He was the choice because he'd worked with Lucy on a radio program, sort of a radio version of I Love Lucy called My Favorite Husband, and he was tapped by Lucy, but the the other project got him first. Back to birthdays. 
Marjorie Lord, born on this date, 1921, died 2015 at the age of 97. She was an American television and film actress. She played Kathy Williams opposite Danny Thomas's character on Make Room for Daddy and later Make Room for Granddaddy. You can catch Make Room for Daddy, I believe, on MeTV or one of the other retro television channels if you've never caught it before. Next person, born on this date, 1922, died 2010 at the age of 88. His name is Blake Edwards Gimme, an American film director, screenwriter, and producer, best known for Breakfast at Tiffany's, Days of Wine and Roses, fantastic film with uh, Jack Lemmon. I recommend that one. Ten was his as well. Victor Victoria, and he is known for a film series that had actor Peter Sellers in it. Can you tell me the name of that film series, Gimme? Pink Panther. Kimmy got that right. That is Blake Edwards, born on this date. Back to the birthdays. Jason Robards, actor, born 1922, died 2000 at the age of 78, American stage, film, and television actor. He was a winner of the Tony Award and two Academy Awards and an Emmy Award as well. Did a fantastic uh, portrayal of Abraham Lincoln. If you ever get a chance to see that, he was very good. Next person, born on this date, 1926, died 2015 at the age of 88. An American television, film, character, voice actor, Oh boy, stage actor, also taught acting. His career spans seven decades of television. I guarantee if you watch retro TV like me TV and others, you will see him in something. But he is known for playing on a certain TV show, not just a, an appearance on a TV show, but he was a, well, a star on a TV show, supporting cast member, I should say. Can you tell me the name of the TV show with this clue? I know you never watched the show, but I think you'll be able to pick it up what it is just by the clue. Here is your audio clue. Duke boy. You'll be coming by here just any moment now. I can feel it in my bones. I just, I just can't wait to get Katie's. You know what you are? You're a dipstick. A 14-carat dipstick. Well, Cletus, I'll tell you what to look hard for. Look hard in your pay envelope next week. Because stupidity is subject to withholding tax. You dipstick! Did Can you identify that TV show? No. Kimmy, that's the Dukes of Hazard. He plays Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane on it. And James Best is a person born on this date. And one of the unfortunate things, you might associate him with that show, but he was actually a musician. He was very talented. You can see him in Alfred Hitchcock Presents Death Sentence. Great episode from 1958. And he played in the Andy Griffith Show as Jim Lindsay, the guitar player. He did that a couple of times, season one. And then he returned uh, on another episode called The Guitar Player Returns. He was in Bonanza as a character. Also, Twilight Zone in three different episodes. He was in The Rifleman, Perry Mason, The Fugitive, Combat, Gunsmoke, Flipper. And if you have a very sharp eye, he plays in The Forbidden Planet in 1956 as an unnamed crew member. So, very, very talented and worth checking out. Next person, see if you can identify who it is, Kimmy. 1928 is when he was born, died in 1999 at the age of 70. An American film director, screenwriter, producer, cinematographer, editor, photographer. He is frequently cited as one of the greatest and most influential directors in cinematic history. From, well, your clue, from 1980. Identify the movie that is his, and then tell me who he is. Mm -hmm. 
The Shining. That is correct. That's one of his movies. He also did 2001 A Space Odyssey in 1968. Who is he? Stanley Kubrick. That's correct. Now, bonus points here, Kimmy. What was his last movie? Ooh. Starred Tom Cruise and his wife at the time. Eyes Wide Shut? That's exactly right. And it was completed shortly before his death in 1999. As a matter of fact, he did a private screening of the final cut for his family and the stars at his home, went to bed after the screening, and died of a massive heart attack at the age of 70. Oh. Yes, Eyes Wide Shut, very last film for Stanley Kubrick, who was born on this date in 1928. Next individual born on this date in 1940, died 2011 at the age of 71. A, well, a recording artist. I know I'm not even going to ask you a question about him, Kimmy. He had a couple of hits that hit the top 40. First one in 1965 at number 13. He had The In Crowd. I'm in with the In Crowd. That's the end crowd, but he had a bigger hit actually in the 70s, number five in 1973. That's Drift Away, 1973, number five on the top 40, Dobie Gray, born in the state in 1940. Next person, Kimmy, the lead singer of this group is having a birthday. He is one of the founding members of the Rolling Stones. Tell me who it is and how old he is within five. Mick Jagger. Yes. How old is Mick Jagger today within five? 73. He is 75 today. Next individual. Tell me what she is known for. She's retired, well, from what she is known for. Her name is Dorothy Hamill. Ice skating. That's right. An American figure skater. She is the 1976 Olympic champion and 1976 world champion in ladies' singles. How old is she within five years today? Oh, 58. She is 61, so I'm doing the math. I think you got that one. Yep. Next person, actor. Tell me who it is. Here's your audio clue. He is the star of this show. He is talking right here. Power is a lot like real estate. It's all about location, location, location. Centuries from now, when people watch this footage, who will they see smiling just at the edge of the frame? What is it you want? Your absolute loyalty. Who is it that's having a birthday today? Kevin Spacey. Yes, you are correct, Kimmy. Now, how old is Kevin Spacey within five years today? 58. You got it exactly right. He would play Lex Luthor in a certain movie. Identify the movie and give me the year within two that he was Lex Luthor. Uh, Superman Returns. Exactly right. 2007. You're close enough. 2006. By the way, since 2013, he has played whom on what show we just gave you a clip of? Frank Underwood. Yes, and the show? House of Cards. That's right, Kimmy. Next individual, see if you identify who this actress is having a birthday and tell me how old she is. In 2007, she was one of Hollywood's highest paid actresses. She was named Most Beautiful Woman by People Magazine in 2015. She made her actual major debut on television in a film called, well, Bionic Showdown, The Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman in 1989. Her breakthrough in film 
is Demolition Man in 1993. She starred in Speed in 94, While You Were Sleeping in 95, The Net in 95, A Time to Kill in 96, and Gravity in 2013. Who is she? Sandra Bullock. And how old is she within five? 52. You get it. She is 53 today. Next person, Kimmy, plays the starring character in the Underworld film series. She is a vampire. And she's been doing that since 2003. She starred in Van Helsing or Helsing in 2004, Whiteout 2009, Contraband 2012, and Total Recall, the reboot in 2012. Who is she? Kate Beckinsale. That's correct. How old is Kate Beckinsale today? 45. You get it within the five. She is 44, and she will be appearing at Tampa Bay Comic Con this weekend, if I remember correctly, Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday only. Correct, Kimmy? Yeah. That's Kate Beckinsale. At Tampa Bay Comic Con. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job. Looks like you got another uh, win category here. You uh, possibly getting that collectible of your choice. Maybe that celebrity autograph. Maybe that picture with Kate Beckinsale, photo op. Who knows, right? Hmm. And uh, so we have to say, way to go. Thank you. And what we're going to do right now is honor something from trivia that we talked about. Radio It's a Riley and Kimmy show. Anytime we go back in time to that golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. We try to keep this alive or actually expose it to people who maybe never heard it before. We mentioned Gracie Allen was born on this date with a big question mark. What year? Well, we have some samples of Gracie Allen with her husband, George Burns. First one is called Blackmailing Jack Benny from their show in 1948. Jack is a special guest. And we're dedicating that one, sending it out to our good friend Mike Kales from Palm Coast, Florida, a big supporter of the Riley and Kimmy show. And we have then another episode of, uh, well, George and Gracie. It's called George and Gracie with Sam Spade, starring the actor who was Sam Spade on radio. That is Howard Duff. Fantastic episodes, uninterrupted, back-to-back, safe for all ears. Kicking things off, here's Gracie Allen with her husband, George, in blackmailing Jack Benny. Well, hello. Come right in. Oh, George, we've got company. This is Bill Goodwin, speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's pure as fine Castile's. Well, it's Tuesday night again. Time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, our guests, Jack Benny, Jimmy Cash, Felix Mills and his orchestra, and the Swantet. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. Well, it's morning in the Burns home, and George is just coming downstairs to leave for the office. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, darling. Look what the postman just brought you. A present from Pat O'Brien. Oh. I bet Pat is sorry he started that rumor about me being a juggler. Open the package, dear. All right. I met him yesterday and I told him a few jokes. I guess that convinced him I was a comedian. <laughs> what, uh, what are you laughing about? What's in the package? A set of Indian clubs. <laughs> Next time I get my hands on that oh, Irishman, cheer believe up, me. George. Before long, everybody will know that you're not a juggler. They'll know you for what you really are. And, uh, what, uh, what is that? Well, a singer, of course. Oh, oh that. Oh, sure. I-, I wrote to our sponsor and suggested that you sing on our program every week. That's the twelfth time. 
Yeah, but this time he answered. Say, that's a good sign. Open the letter. Mm, wait till Bing Crosby hears you sing. He'll retire and start to raise a family. <laughs> oh, Gracie. I'm not better than Crosby. As good, maybe, but, uh, well, <laughs> open the letter. What does the sponsor say? Believe me, there are plenty of other big programs that would like to have George Burns as a singer. Gracie, the letter, open it. Well? George, what are some of the other big programs? <laughs> Turn me down again, huh? Oh, uh, never mind, dear. You're a great singer. Even Bill Goodwin said with, with a voice like yours, you ought to sing in our big army show. Army show? Yes, it's in charge of some officer named Major Bose. <laughs> I'll forget it. <clears throat> I better get along to the office. Yeah, I'll ride down in the bus with you. I have an appointment at the beauty shop. Okay, let's go. No way. Uh, before we leave, won't you sing something just for me? Oh, Grace. Oh, God. please, dear. Just one little glorious burst of melody. Well, all right. <clears throat> just a gigolo. Everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Oh, oh. God, you're wonderful. I won't be happy until your voice leaves the whole world the way it leaves me, weak and limp. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, come on, I'm due at the beauty shop in five minutes. What'll it be today, Mrs. Burns? A shampoo and set? Oh, yes, and I'm kind of in a hurry, Josie. Well, I'll do my best, Mrs. Burns, but we're shorthanded, and I have to work on the customer in the next booth, too. The old horse face, I hope he chokes. He? You mean there's a man in the next booth? Well, sort of a man. Josie, where are you? Oh, that's him. I wish he'd go sit on a hot curling iron. Josie, come back here. This finger wave of mine stinks. <laughs> Rosie, do you hear me? This finger wave stinks. All right, all right. Leave your hair on the table and I'll do it over again. <laughs> no, Josie. I'm sure I know that man. What's his name? I'm not allowed to tell, Mrs. Burns. The old goat scared the newspapers might find out he goes to a beauty shop. Oh, come on, Josie. Give me a little hint. Well, he's the stingiest man in Hollywood. Oh, stingy, huh? And how? When he gets a mud pack, we have to save the mud for him so he can put it in his victory garden. <laughs> Funny. I can't get it from that. Give me another hint. Well, let's see. Um, uh, he used to drive an old broken-down Maxwell. Uh, no, it's no use. I can't guess who it is. <laughs> You're not missing anything. He's tried to date every girl in town, and nobody will go out with him. Oh. Oh, hello, Jack. How's Mary? <laughs> Gracie, is that you? Well, yeah, come on into my booth, Jack. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> hello. Hello, Gracie. I... Guess you're surprised to see me here. Well, yes, I am. Well, you see, Mary lost a bobby pin the last time she was here. I, I dropped by to look for it. <laughs> you know what the bobby pin situation is terrible. Oh, sure. I bet you thought I was here to get a beauty treatment. <laughs> Gracie, you sound like you don't believe me. Maybe that's because I don't. 
Well, if I'm lying, may something terrible happen to Phil Harris. <laughs> oh, uh, Mr. Benny. Yes? Here's your mud. I wrapped it up for you. Oh, well. Phil always played too loud anyway. Well, Jack Benny in a beauty shop. <laughs> Wait till the girls hear this. Now, Gracie, look, listen, you must oh, promise girls, me. I brought your swan soap. Oh, hello, Gracie. Oh, hello, Bill. Why, Jack Benny, what are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you, Bill. He's well, here. Bill Goodwin in a beauty shop. <laughs> Wait till the girls hear this, huh, Gracie? Wait a minute. I just came over to bring some swan soap. Well, Bill, I... Oh, Bill Goodwin has beauty treatments. That's really something to tell the girls, huh, Gracie? Hey, look. The operators here use swan soap. Not only because it's so mild for the customer's complexion, but because that same mildness makes it great at home. For the dishes, light laundry, or for bathing the baby. Swan's a new white floating soap that's four swell soaps in one. Well, Bill, well, I... Bill Goodwin in a beauty shop. <laughs> really, I, I thought that curly hair wasn't natural. Now, wait a minute. No girl in this shop has ever laid a hand on me. Except, of course, after working hours. <laughs> oh. What are you doing here, Benny? Oh, well, I'll tell you, Bill. Jack is... Oh, Bill Goodwin in a beauty shop. <laughs> I'm getting manicures and everything. I am not. My hands just happen to look gorgeous because I always wash my dishes with Swan. <laughs> oh. Swan is great for washing the dishes. Gives you loads of suds. Suds that are so mild and gentle, your hands don't get that rough red dish panty look. Well, Bill... Bill! <laughs> One in a beauty shop. And to have, have his eyebrows plucked. That's something, isn't it? Now, look, Jack. I told you, I just came here to deliver some swan soap. Swan's a great wartime buy. What I want to know is, what's Jack Benny doing here? Well, I'll tell you, Bill. Well, he Bill, go all nuts. Goodbye. <laughs> Gracie, Gracie, look, for heaven's sake, don't let out my secret. I mean, I don't want everyone I meet to know I've been taking beauty treatment. Oh, don't worry, Jack. They'll never suspect it. <laughs> well, anyway, don't you tell. You know, if the newspapers get hold of it, I'm cooked. And you know how the gang would kid me on my program. Oh, yeah, your program. Uh, Jack, you don't want this to get in the papers, huh? No, I I'll do anything to keep it out, Gracie, anything. Oh, good. Uh, starting Sunday, Jack, George will sing on your program. <laughs> George? Yes. Sing? Uh-huh. Gracie, I've heard prettier noises come out of Carmen Lombardo. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Well, excuse me, Jack, I'm going to telephone a little news item to the paper. Wait, wait, oh, you mean George Bird? Yes. Oh, George, your husband. Yes. Oh, old sugar throw. George. Oh. Oh, well, I, I don't suppose it would hurt if George sang on my program once. Well, I was thinking of having him sing every week. No, no, no. No, well, I'll call the paper. But, Gracie, this is blackmail. <laughs> I know. Cute of me, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cute, cute. joins our popular tenor, Jimmy Cash, in an enchanting ballad from the top musical show of the year, Oklahoma. Oh, what a beautiful morning, oh, what a beautiful day, I got a beautiful feeling. 
everything's going my way. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. Corn is as high as an elephant's eye, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, what a beautiful day! I got a beautiful Benny is pleading with Gracie to change her mind as they wait for George to come home from the office. But but why does it have to be my program, Gracie? I mean, why don't you have George sing on Eddie Cantor's program? Well, because I didn't catch Eddie Cantor in a beauty shop with his toupee and Carla's. <laughs> hey, there must be some other show he can go on. Maybe, maybe Gabriel Heater needs a singer. <laughs> or Mr. Anthony. I mean, why don't you let George be his problem? Oh, uh, you, you amaze me. How can Jack Benny, who has the greatest talent in the world, fail to recognize George's talent? Oh, oh, oh do you really think I have the greatest talent in the world? Well, certainly. Rochester, Dennis Day, Mary Livingston. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. And now I've got a big thrill for you. I have your program for next Sunday night all planned. You have? Yes. It'll be the new and entertaining Jack Benny program featuring George Burns, California's answer to Frank Sinatra. I... Look, I, I can't do it, Gracie. I mean, I can't allow George to sing. Well, shall I call the papers and tell them about the beauty shop? He sings, he sings. Ah. He sings. <laughs> now, listen to the way I have the program all worked out. You're the star, so of course you come out first. Thank you. Your line is... Hello. And then George comes out for his opening number. I just say hello. Well, we could make it hello, everybody. No, no, I don't want to hog the whole show. <laughs> well, then George sings his second number, and back you come again. Good. To good. announce George's next number. I hope my throat stands up. And then right after that, Dennis Day comes in. Dennis Day? Yes. Well, doesn't George do all the singing? Well, yes, but I thought you might want a few laughs on the program. Oh, yeah, I'll be glad to have them. I will, yes. And uh, then as soon as George finishes his next number, I'll come... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Gracie, George can't sing the whole program. I mean, he's not that good. I know music, you know, I'm a musician. You are? Well, I play the violin, don't I? <laughs> well, don't I? <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> Look, Gracie, all that I'm... Why, Jack Benny. Hello, George. How's the juggling game? I'm not a juggler. Why doesn't everybody stop with that? Oh, now, dear, don't get excited. Jack has some marvelous news for you. Tell him, Jack. Well, Jack. I think I'll go call the papers. All right, all right. I'll tell him. Oh, good. I'll run out and make some coffee. Hello, Jack. 
What is it you want to tell me? Well, first, first, I'd like to remind you that you're my dearest friend, George. And you're my dearest friend, Jack. I mean, you're even more than a friend to me, George. You're even more than a friend to me, Jack. I love you. I love you like a brother, George. I love you like a brother, Jack. I mean, I'd never do anything to hurt you, George. Thanks. Wait a minute. I'll try that again. (laughs) I'd never do anything to hurt you, George. I said thanks. George, look, I mean, I wouldn't louse you up if you had a comedy program. If I had a comedy program. <laughs> I mean, look, you're my dearest look, friend. Look, Jack, wh- what's the news, I Jack? mean, you're even more than the, a friend the, of me. The news, Jack. Look, what's the news? What pals we've always been, uh, The news, Jack. You have some news for me. Look, remember the time in Cincinnati when you were broke and I gave you $10? It was Cleveland, Jack, and I gave you $20. <laughs> Well, I had the state right. It was Ohio. Yeah, the news, Jack. What's this news you have for me? Well, yes. Well, dear, did Jack tell you the news? No, not yet. He's been he's been leading up to it by the way of Cleveland and Cincinnati. <laughs> Jack, I'll bet little Abner won't be the funniest thing in the paper tomorrow. <laughs> oh, all right, George. Look, I want you to sing on my radio program. Why, Jack Benny? Now, now, don't be really? hasty, George. I mean, don't don't jump at it. Uh, think it over for the duration. <laughs> I don't have to. I'll sing a dozen songs for you, pal, and it won't cost you a cent. For free? Sure. No, no, no. no I, I can't think of it that way. Well, all right, then you can pay me. No, I can't think of it that way either. <laughs> I know what's making Jack hesitate, dear. He hasn't heard you sing recently. Sing ain't misbehaving for him. Sure, glad to. Well, sit down, Jack. No, I'll take it standing up. <laughs> now, come on, dear. No one to talk with all by myself. No one to walk with. I'm happy on the shelf. Ain't misbehaving, saving all my love off. Oh, baby, love for you. Really saving love for you. <laughs> He doesn't juggle at all. No. I know for certain you're the one I love. I'm through with flirting. It's you that I'm thinking of. Amos behaving, saving all my love for. Oh, baby, my love for you. Jack, what makes you think he's a juggler? He must be. Jackie Horner, in the corner. Don't go nowhere. And I don't care all your kisses that you gave me, baby. Daddy, daddy, daddy. I might be blood and guts, but that's just guts. (laughs) I don't stay out late and I don't care to go. I'm home about it, me and my radio. Ain't misbehaving, saving all my love for you. Gracie, call the newspaper. <laughs> Time for Felix Mills and his orchestra. Tonight, from Felix's memory album, it's Honeysuckle Rose.
know something? I got the impression that Jack Benny didn't like my singing. Oh, George, that's silly. Didn't you hear him tell me to call the newspapers? He wants to give them a big story about you. Yeah, but I noticed that while I was singing, he, he kind of turned green. Oh, well, of course, of course he turned green. You sang exactly like John McCormick. Oh, so that's what it well, was. Oh, sure. Now, I'll go in and talk to Jack. You stay here and spray your precious little adenoids. Okay. From time to time and every time. Jack. Yeah? Well, naturally, you were joking before when you told me to call the newspapers, weren't you? Not me, Gracie. Look, I'd rather have everybody know I was in a beauty shop than have Sugar Throat smell up my program. <laughs> well, I'm warning you. I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. I'll phone the paper. For Pete's sake, phone them. No, Jack, no, I can't. I'm too fine, too decent. I can't stoop to blackmail when I see it isn't working. Now, now, please don't think I'm a heel, Gracie. I'm... Gee, I'm kind of animals, I'm fond of children, but I, I just don't like George's voice. Oh, you're fond of children, huh? I love them. <sighs> Poor little Junior. Poor little who? Junior. He'd be so proud if he knew that his daddy had sung on the Jack Benny program. Gracie, you mean... Yes. George and I are parents now. He's the father and I'm the mother. <laughs> Gee whiz, I, I can't believe it. How, when did it happen? Well, I don't remember exactly. We were so excited at the time. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Good old George has a baby. It hardly seems possible. Yes. I was amazed when George told me. <laughs> I just can't get over it, Gracie. I'm so happy for you. So happy for George. Who does the kid look like? Like me. I'm so happy for the kid. <laughs> Say, could I, could I see him? I'm crazy about kids. Really, Jack? Oh, sure. I mean, many, many's the time I bought a bag of candy and blew up the bag to amuse a kid. <laughs> Imagine good old George, a father. Well, you can do something awfully nice for Junior. Let his father sing on your program. Gracie, I'm mad about children, now, but that... please, Jack. The baby adores you. When you're on the air, he lies in his crib, gurgling with his little foot in his mouth. When Fred Allen's on, he puts his foot in his ear. Gee, what a smart little rascal. Uh, I know you'll do it for Junior. I can look in your sensitive blue eyes and tell that you won't disappoint him. They are blue, aren't they? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, George can sing one song just for the baby. Well, let him sing two songs. We're expecting another one. <laughs> really? Yes. Good old George. <laughs> Did I hear somebody call me? No, we were talking about you. Gracie told me everything. Congratulations, George. You mean I can sing a song on your program? Yes, sir, you deserve it. Gracie tells me there's going to be another one. Well, two would be fine if it's all right with you. <laughs> well, why not? Have you picked out a name for the second one? Would you like Moon Glow? <laughs> Moon Glow Burns. Look at, won't 
that be just a little too corny? Oh, I don't think so, Jack. You know, while you were away, I took a few lessons from Crosby. <laughs> you did? Yes. Now, George, I know Jack's in a hurry. Yeah, yes, I'll be going. But, George, first, can I see the nursery? Well, Jack... The nursery? Hiya, what? folks. What goes on? Oh, Bill, am I glad to see you. Bill, I just heard the news. Now, why didn't you tell me that George and Gracie had yeah, a... Yeah, yes, Bill. Oh, why didn't you tell Jack what George and I had? Well, what did you have? An idea for you to announce Jack's program, and George sings at it. Huh? But I Oh, meant... well, that's a great idea, Jack. I'd be glad to. Now, wait a minute. I have an announcer, Don Wilson. Well, okay, you can have two announcers. Don Wilson is to announce. <laughs> but Don can't announce your program, Jack. He doesn't know anything about Swan Soap. Swan Soap? Well, sure. He doesn't know that Swan is the new white floating soap that's four soaps in one. The soap for dishes, light laundry, bathing the baby, or for your hands and face. Don doesn't know that. Well, I could teach him. I mean, what am I saying? I don't sell soap. I, I sell grape nuts flakes. Well, but, but that's ridiculous, Jack. Can you bathe a baby with grape nuts flakes? <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to answer that until I've talked to my sponsor. <laughs> well, I can... They're very resourceful, you know. Well, I They can... may be working on that right now. <laughs> well, I can tell you the doctors recommend Swan for bathing the baby. Swan is so mild it's kind even to a little baby's tender skin. It's pure as fine castiles, too, so you know it must be great for your complexion. Gee, bathing a baby. You ever bathe that little darling of yours, George? Don't be silly. We take showers. <laughs> for bathing the baby. Oh, yes, and Gracie breaks it in two so she can... Breaks it in two? <laughs> well, sure, Jack. Swan breaks in two so you can use half in the kitchen for your dishes and light laundry and half in the bathroom for the baby or for your tub or shower. Oh, well, look, Bill, don't bother to tell me about Swan so because I'm just using George on my program, not you. You see, I'm only doing it for Junior. Junior? Well, yes, George. That's what Jack calls you because you're so much younger than Jack. No, no, look, I mean the baby The baby? Well, yes, that's what he calls me because I'm so much younger than you No, Gracie, look, I'm talking about your child Child? Well, goodbye, Jack, see you at rehearsal Sunday Wait a minute, wait a minute Gracie, what does he mean, our child? Oh, dear I knew there was something I forgot to tell you We haven't got a child You... Well, so that's it, Gracie just to get George on my program, you invented a baby. Oh, no, I can't take credit for that. They were invented years ago. <laughs> don't try to get out of it. I don't want to sing on the radio if I have to get on by tricks. Now apologize to Jack. I'm sorry, Jack. And don't ever do a thing like that again. I won't, dear. Ever, understand? Yes, dear. Come on, Jack, I'll walk you down to the corner. My goodness, George, what you go through with a name. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Fipper? This is Gracie. Oh, would you and Molly let George sing in your program next week? Yeah, I know you've got a singer, but I thought you might do it for Junior. Yes, you see, we just had a baby. And he's so proud George and Gracie will be right back. And I'm just going to be here long enough to remind you that the government needs your waste kitchen fats more than ever before. 
Now, I know sometimes it's a lot of trouble to render the extra fat you trim from meat and to strain all your waste fats from roasting and frying. But those waste fats are so urgently needed for making glycerin, and that glycerin is so necessary for making ammunition that I know you won't mind doing whatever you can. So don't forget, huh? Turn those waste fats into your butcher and keep turning them in. Well, here they are again, those ever-loving Burnses, George and Gracie. Well, George, I've got some wonderful news. Silver McGee wants you to sing on his program. Really? Yes. And when he comes over to close the deal, will you sort of fold this napkin into a triangle? Why? Uh, well, for some silly reason, he thinks we have a baby. Again? Good night, Good night. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George. Sure, pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. That drop's good, too. <laughs> yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. <laughs> With our special guest, Howard Duff, who is the famous detective Sam Spade. Yours truly, Toby Reed, Joseph Kearns, Eric Snowden, Harry Lubin, the Maxwell House Orchestra, and Bill Goodwin. For America's Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for America's everyday coffee drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop. <laughs> Many people say that Gracie is responsible for George being where he is today, and that's certainly true. Gracie is also responsible for Sam Spade being where he is today. You see, George and Sam Spade are both in jail. How did it happen? Well, let's listen as George is being questioned by a police lieutenant. All right, let's start at the top. Name? George Burns. Occupation? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> no, 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 no. What do you do? What keeps you busy? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> Let me put it this way. What's your source of income? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> All right, skip it. What's your age? Approximately 42. How come you look older? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> What's your address? 360 North Camden. All right, Burns. Now, suppose you tell me why you're in this jam. I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> you're in a rut. Hey, Spade, how come you're in this jam? He's married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> you know, Burns, you and this Spade character are accused of murder. Now, suppose you tell me the whole story right from the start. Okay, Lieutenant. It all started last Sunday night. I was sitting home listening to the radio with my wife. I'm married to uh, Gracie Allen. Yes, that part I know. Take it from there. Well, Gracie and I were listening to the adventures of Sam Spade. The, pro the program was just finishing. Let's take a little ride down to headquarters. Me, sir? But I wouldn't murder Mr. Benson. I've been his butler for 20 years. Don't play innocent. I know you pulled this caper, and I've got enough evidence to put you right in the hot seat. But, Mr. Spade, I didn't do it. Say that malarkey for the warden. You were clever, Jenkins, but not clever enough. I think I'll call this the careless butler caper. <laughs> Why did you turn off the radio, Gracie? Sam Spade got the wrong man tonight. What? I'm positive that Jenkins the butler wasn't guilty. An innocent man is going to get the hot plate. Hot seat. And don't worry. 
He'll only get it on the radio. Well, who cares where they put it? When he sits down, it'll burn. <laughs> oh, I, I've got to talk to Sam Spade right away. Honey, Sam Spade is not a real detective. I'll say he isn't. Any man who'd make an innocent butler sit on the hot plate should... Gracie, he'll get a hot seat. Oh, he sure will after he sits on that hot plate. <laughs> Look, here's what I mean. On his program, Sam Spade is a private detective. But in real life, he's just an ordinary guy. Just like on your program, you're a nitwit. But in real life... <laughs> that won't work. Anyway, Gracie, what you just heard was only a radio program. I know that. The real crime happened last week. Every Sunday night, Sam Spade broadcasts his most thrilling case of the week. You still don't understand. Sam Spade is just a character. I'll say he's a character. Making that poor innocent butler sit on a hot plate. Hot seat. Let me try to explain this once more. Sam Spade isn't even the fellow's real name. He's the brainchild of Dashiell Hammett. Oh, oh, you mean his real name is Sam Hammett? No, his real name is Howard Duff. Then why, is his, uh, why isn't his father's name Dashiell Duff? Look, Sam Spade doesn't have any actual father or mother. He came from Dashiell Hammett's typewriter. Oh, George, you're so innocent. <laughs> you know, I'll bet you believe that old story about coming from under cabbage leaves, too. What's the use? Okay, Sam Spade is a naughty detective, and he's sending an innocent butler to the hot plate. Hot seat. <laughs> Good night, dear. Good night. Well, Lieutenant, I didn't think any more about it. I was tired. It was past my bedtime. What time was it? It was after nine. Gee. <laughs> so I went to bed thinking Gracie would follow me. Instead, she followed Sam Spade. Oh, what do you mean? Uh, let me tell you about that part of it, Lieutenant. Okay, Spade. Well, I'd uh, finished my regular Sunday night show at the broadcasting studio, after which the actors lingered on for a little bull session, you know, who stepped on whose lines, I want a bigger part next week, and so forth. So uh, it's about ten when I step out into the California night air, which is also about ten. But uh, <laughs> there's no snow, so I decide to walk home. I haven't taken two steps when this little lady grabs me by the sleeve and says... Are you Sam Spade? Well, if I had known then what I know now, I would have thrown myself under the wheels of a passing sunset bus. <laughs> but I'm a ham, and I figure she's maybe a fan, so I answer in my best Pasadena Playhouse voice. Why, yes, I'm Sam Spade. The butler didn't do it. Huh? You've got the wrong man. The butler didn't jerk that kipper. Jerk that kipper? Y yank that copper? You mean pull that caper? That's it, yes. <laughs> You sent an innocent man to jail. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Lady, I think you're a little mixed up about me. I'm just an actor on CBS. That's what everybody says. <laughs> Look, uh, little lady, I'm tired. It's been a tough day. I'll uh, see you around, huh? Now, just a minute, Sam Spade. I heard you arrest that butler. Now, you've got to let him go free. You uh, wouldn't give me a rib, would you? Anything to free that butler. Which rib do you want? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Why don't you write me a letter with a dull pencil? Don't use anything sharp. Mm -hmm. I'll do better than that. I'll come to your office. Where is it? 
I haven't got an office. Oh, plain cagey, huh? All right, I'll come to your house. Where's that? Uh, three, two, one. Oh, no. I'm not talking. I want to get some sleep tonight. So long. So long. Why are you following me? What do you want? Got a cigarette? Sure. Here you are. Thanks. Got a match? Sure. Want me to light it for you? No, thanks. I don't smoke. <laughs> then why did you ask me for a cigarette? Well, I thought I'd better have it in case somebody asked me for one. I see. Would you like a cigarette? No, thanks. Well, good night. Good night. Okay, okay. Now what? Got the time? Yeah, it's exactly uh, 10.10. Thanks, thanks. No, I meant it's 10 minutes after 10. You're wrong. My watch says 15 after 10. You've got a watch? Sure. Then why did you ask me the time? Want a cigarette? <laughs> no. Well, good night. Good night. Look. Ladies, stop following me. Oh, it's you again. <laughs> yeah, fancy meeting me here. Can I uh, give you the slip? Please. I couldn't accept a thing like that from a strange man. <laughs> All right, what do you want this time? Got a road map? A road map. Are you lost? No. May I make a suggestion? What? Get lost. <laughs> well, good night. Good night. Well, I've had enough of this little lady. You've seen the end of me. Yeah, for two blocks. <laughs> this time I'll lose you. Hey, uh, taxi, taxi. Let's get out of here, cabby, but fast. <laughs> Here's my house, cabby. Pull up. It was real driving, buddy. Keep the change. Good night. Good night. Oh, no. Oh, no. How did you get here? On the back of that cab. <laughs> who are you, anyway? Oh, no, no. I'm too smart to tell you who I am. If I did, you'd complain to my husband, George Burns. Oh, so you're Gracie Allen. How did you find out? You forget I'm a detective. Oh. And now I know what the National Safety Council means when they say, don't be a Gracie. Oh, never mind that. Are you going to let the butler go? Look, Gracie, there's really no butler in prison, and I'm not really Sam Spade. Oh, now, don't give me that story about your mother being a typewriter. What? You're not talking to a child. I'm older than I look. Okay, Gracie, I see there's no use arguing with a smart girl like you. I'll see that the butler gets out. I'll get him the best mouthpiece in town. Get him out first. Fix his teeth later. <laughs> okay, okay. Good night. Well, Lieutenant, I thought that that would be the end of the episode. But it wasn't, huh? Brother... You haven't heard anything yet. The next uh, morning... Wait a minute, Mr. Burns. Before I listen to any more of this story, I'll have to send out for some aspirin. Yeah. 
Have some of mine. Hey, how come you walk around with your pockets full of aspirin? I'm married to Gracie Allen. <laughs> It's Strike Up the Band, the glorious music of George Gershwin. You know, you just can't mistake those melodies, those typical harmonies, the wonderful Gershwin rhythms, and it's all these things, all the separate musical elements skillfully combined that make the music of George Gershwin so immortal. Listen a moment to one of his most famous compositions. It was heard for the first time just 25 years ago tonight. But see if you can recognize it when we play Just the Mellow Harmony. With that, we'll blend this counter-melody for richness. And now to add that vigorous Gershwin rhythm. Finally, we'll round out this great score as Gershwin intended you to hear and enjoy it by adding his full-bodied melody. Rhapsody in Blue, even more popular today than when it was first played 25 years ago tonight. Like all great composers, George Gershwin knew well that great music requires not one, but many fine musical parts, all skillfully blended into one harmonious score. And friends, it takes the same skill in blending to bring you great coffee, famous Maxwell House coffee. It's flavor, rich, satisfying, good-to-the-last-drop flavor that's made Maxwell House America's favorite brand of coffee. And to create the superb flavor, our Maxwell House experts combine not one, but many choice coffees from the fertile highlands of Latin America. First, they select premium grades of Manizales coffees for mellowness. To these coffees, fine medallions are added for richness. But famous Maxwell House flavor must be more than mellow and rich, so other choice coffees are added for vigor. And then Bucaramanga's coffees contribute their fine, full body. This perfectly balanced Maxwell House blend is then radiant roasted to flavor perfection and brought to you vacuum-packed, and Roaster Fresh. And because you folks on the West Coast really know and enjoy coffee at its best, Maxwell House is blended and roasted for you right here on the West Coast to satisfy your critical taste. So tomorrow, discover all the extra flavor that's yours in every cup of America's favorite brand of coffee. Famous Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop. And now, 
Doc! Back to the city jail, where George and Sam Spade are trying to explain how Gracie put them there. Let's see if I've got this straight so far, Burns. Your wife listened to Sam Spade's program, thought he was really sending an innocent butler to the chair, and started hounding him. That's right, Lieutenant. What did you think, Spade? I uh, didn't know what to think, Lieutenant. The surveys tell me I have ten million odd listeners, but I didn't think any of them were that odd. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, to get rid of her, you told her that you'd free the butler. Yeah, but that didn't satisfy Gracie. She demanded to see the guy. That's when Spade came to me. I told him to ask me something easy, like getting Westbrook Pegler to dance with him for help. He asked me to make Gracie leave him alone. Now, what'd you say? Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> Mr. Burns, why do you put up with a wife like that? I'm too old to go back to Gus Edwards. <laughs> Besides which, I happen to love her. Well, uh, so what did you two decide to do? Well, there was only one thing we could do. That was dig up the actor who played the butler on my program and let Gracie see him. Which we did. Yeah, and that's when we really got into trouble. Well, tell me just what happened. Okay. Spade was giving the guy his final instructions. Remember, Claude, you're Jenkins the butler, and I have set you free. Don't worry, I'll have Mrs. Burns crying like a baby. Mm. In radio, they don't call me the male Ma Perkins for nothing. Oh, <laughs> well, come on, Gracie's in the next room. Honey, here's Sam Spade. Yes, Mrs. Burns, and I've uh, freed the butler. Here he is. Uh, how do you do, madam? It is the butler. I recognize that voice. Oh, I'm so happy for you, Jenkins. What will you do now that you're free? I shall return to the home of my youth. Where does your youth live? <laughs> I had reference to my birthplace, madam, dear old England. I shall go back there to regain my health. Really? Yes, America is nice, but I'll take Liverpool. Well, you don't have to go to England for Liverpools. They're made right here. <laughs> oh, yes, that's Carter's little Liverpools. I take them. <laughs> Liverpool is the name of a city. Yes, now, uh, thank Mrs. Burns for getting out of jail and then screw, uh, disappear. <laughs> Madam, your beneficent intervention has terminated a most injurious and humiliating incarceration. You'll never know what that means. Well, I won't unless you shorten the words. <laughs> Goodbye, Jenkins. Uh, farewell all. I go to a new and better life. Oh, goodbye. Write me from Kidney Creek. <laughs> Liverpool. Well, I was in the right neighborhood. <laughs> Bye. Uh, well, that uh, takes care of that, eh, George? You said it. I'll be running along, too. Uh, goodbye, Gracie. Uh, just a minute. Now, look, if the butler didn't murder Mr. Benson, who did? Huh? You proved that his wife and daughter didn't do it, and there was only one other person on the scene, so he must be the murderer. Who? You. <laughs> Me? Confess, Sam Spade. You murdered Mr. Benson. But I had no motive. Then you did it with something else. <laughs> Lord Gracie, Hand we... me my lipstick, George. I'm going to give him the third degree. Lipstick? Well, I want to look nice when he shines that bright light in my face. <laughs> You're supposed to shine it in his face. Oh. Oh, well, then give him the lipstick. <laughs> I'm getting out of this madhouse. Goodbye. Well, Lieutenant, Spade ran out of that house like, like, after, like he was seeing a ghost, which was true because from then on, Gracie started haunting him. 
trying to make him confess. Yeah, she uh, found out that my radio sponsor was Wildwood Cream Oil, so she disguised herself with a big hat and a veil and knocked at my door. Sam Spade? Yes. How do you do? My name is Wildroot. Wildroot? Perhaps you know my husband, Willie Cremoil. My full name is Mrs. Wildroot Cremoil. I'm the wife of your sponsor. Now, look. I understand you murdered a Mr. Benson. Now, that's strictly forbidden in your contract. Mrs. Cremoil, you look like Gracie Allen to me. Flattery will get you no place. <laughs> If you'd like to confess, perhaps we can get you off with life imprisonment. And when you come out, you can take over your program again. Gracie, I did not murder Mr. Benson. Go away. But the next day, she was back. This time with another disguise. Sam Spade? Yes? I'm from Western Union. I have a telegram here from President Truman. What? I'll read it to you. Dear Sam, confess. Signed, Harry. <laughs> Any answer? Scram. Beat it. Go away. That's no way to talk to the president. Out! Out! <laughs> but the third day topped everything. She posed as a private detective. Sam Spade? Yes? I'm Sally Shovel. <laughs> now, listen, Tom. We're in the same racket, pal, and I want to help you, buddy, so why don't you confess, Mac? You're a private eye? Also, ear, nose, and throat. <laughs> I, um, I put everything into my work. Now, um, confess, Doc. So you murdered Benson, so what? I've been mixed up with a few keepers. Or, or is it capers? In your case, it's keepers. Now go away! <laughs> Well, Lieutenant, that's when Spade came to see me again. Looking much older. Yeah, we uh, hit on a brilliant scheme. We decided that I should confess the murder, then George would pretend to take me to the city hall to surrender, and Gracie would forget the whole thing. But Gracie did something we didn't count on. What was that? While I was going to pick up Spade, she called the police. Oh, yes, that's where I come into the picture. She called me. I suppose you tell us what happened then. Well, when I got to the house, she said... There's a desperate criminal on his way here to confess a murder. As soon as he confesses, you can grab him. Don't worry, lady. I'll... Oh, that must be him. Yeah, you wait in the next room. He may be armed. Oh, he is. There's one hanging from each shoulder. <laughs> you call me if you need... Oh, hello. Where is everybody? Never mind. What's your name? Bill Goodwin. What did you do with the body? I took her home. <laughs> What did you do then? I dumped her out. Oh, she was dead, huh? Well, sure, that's why I took her home. You've done a pretty terrible thing, young man. Ah, tomorrow I'll send her some flowers. Oh, you're a real killer. Oh, sure. Now tell me everything you did tonight. I will not. Who are you, her father? No. Well, in that case, I'll tell you that. Another fellow and I double-dated. We met the girls, and the four of us went into a restaurant for dinner. I ordered four cups of Maxwell House coffee. Then what? Well, I told the waiter to bring the other people some, too. See, I wanted them to taste the rich, mellow goodness of Maxwell House. It's America's favorite coffee, you know. Yes, I know. What happened then? Well, that's when the girl and I got into a fight. Ah, what about? 
She caught me drinking her Maxwell House coffee. <laughs> hey, but you'd had four cups. Well, when you taste that good to the last drop flavor, you just don't know when to stop. You know, Maxwell House is a blend of the finest Latin American coffees, radiant roasted to the peak of flavor perfection. Well, officer, did he confess to my... Bill Goodwin. He confessed everything, Mrs. Burns. He got mixed up with a girl, and now he's headed for the chair. You're nuts. When I get mixed up with a girl, I head for the divan. <laughs> I mean the electric chair. You killed a girl. Are you kidding? All I killed was five cups of Maxwell House coffee. Yes, officer, this is the wrong man. Sam Spade is the one you want to arrest. Sam Spade is in trouble? Oh, gee, I was going to hire him to find someone for me. Who? Girl about five feet two, red hair, green eyes, terrific figure, drives a Cadillac convertible. Oh, when did you last see her? Who's seen her? I want Spade to find me one like that. Not so long. Well, there won't be any mistake this time, officer. Here comes my husband up the walk with the real murderer. Yeah, anyone can tell that guy's a criminal. Look at that low forehead. That's my husband. Oh. <laughs> well, this time I want to hear the confession before I make the pinch. I'll just duck into this closet. Oh, poor Mr. Spade. I hate to think of him sitting in the electric chair with those long legs. He'll be so uncomfortable. <laughs> Well, here he is, Gracie. Ready to confess. Yes, I can hide the truth no longer. I killed Benson. Why did you do it, Mr. Spade? That man murdered my mother, ruined my father, tortured my sister, and robbed my brother. Oh, then it was nothing personal. <laughs> no, I just didn't like him. Oh. How, how did it happen? Benson was standing in a bar, see? I walked up to him, let him have two slugs, and he fell to the floor. Oh. Couldn't hold his liquor, huh? <laughs> You let him have two slugs from a pistol. Now, keep quiet and let the man confess. Yes, dear. I never gave him a chance, see? I shot him down in cold blood. And as he lay on the floor, I pulled the trigger again and again and again. When the gun was empty, I stood over his body and laughed like the fiend that I am. <laughs> I should be locked up for 20 years, 30 years. I'll make that 40. <laughs> huh? Who are you? I'm Regan from Homicide. I called him over to hear your confession. Okay, come on, Spade. Officer, wait a minute. Let me explain. Mr. Spade and I cooked this whole thing up together. Oh, an accomplice. I'll take you along, too. <laughs> wait a minute. I've never done anything wrong in my life. Well, of course not. He's my husband, the man who married me. All right, so I did one thing wrong. <laughs> come on, come on, you two. <laughs> Well, Lieutenant, that's the whole story. Oh, uh, my apologies, fellas. You're both free to go. Thanks. Come on, Sam. Let's get out of here. You said it. Oh, by the way, Mr. Burns, your wife's waiting outside. Gracie? So long, George. I'm staying in jail. <laughs> so long. Oh, hello, darling. Hello, Gracie. Let's go home. Oh, I can't, sweetheart. I've got something important to do. Hey, you've got that big hat and that veil on again. Where are you going? Well, while you were in jail, I heard Ellery Queen on the radio, and he arrested the wrong man. Oh, no, you're not going to start it. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website, 
at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.